Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Vincent Goodwill of CSN Chicago is reporting that the Pistons have been rejecting any trade inquiries about Stanley Johnson. Not a huge surprise that teams are seizing this moment to look into Stanley Johnson. This is the time to buy low on him. He's in and out of the rotation. Injury has as much to do with getting him in the rotation lately as anything else, not his ability on the court. He's shot terribly. When he's not forcing his offense, he defers too much. He gets himself out of out of the game, out of rhythm, just sort of disappears. He picks odd times to force the action. It leads to a lot of turnovers and missed shots. Defensively, his effort is good. The results are up and down. He's often ineffective, not really always in the right spots or, or doing things in the right way. He got suspended a game by the Pistons for violating team rules. Stan Van Gundy has called out his work ethic. There are a ton of reasons other teams should be asking that question. There are also good reasons, very similar reasons, that the Pistons should probably be saying no to those trade requests, that trade interest. I don't believe teams should try to sell low on players. You should obviously try to sell high. And I just doubt any of those offers are close to worthwhile. But the question, this is what we're going to come to, should the Pistons trade Stanley Johnson? And the answer is, it depends what they can get. I'm not attached to Stanley Johnson. The Pistons don't need to keep him. He's not integral to their identity. There's not some huge fan support where there'd be this uproar. He's not the type of generational talent you can't replace. There's just no good reason that the Pistons should feel like they have to hang on to him. So it depends what they can get. I'd be shocked if they can get enough right now where it makes sense to trade him. I don't think he's as bad as he's looked this season. Not sure how good he'll be. Not sure he'll be a key piece when the Pistons are winning at a higher level when they're a real threat. I'm not sure he's a cornerstone player, but he's better than he's looked so far. Now is not the time to trade him. Uh, So this is probably the right move, though I do wonder what ulterior motives the Pistons have. Stanley Johnson was Stan Van Gundy's first first round pick. And there's a nat and this is not unique to Stan Van Gundy. And he's gotten a lot of criticism and there was a lot of skepticism about Stan Van Gundy running a front office because he is a coach first. And this is not unique to Stan Van Gundy. This is true of any front office chief. But Stanley Johnson was Van Gundy's first first round pick. And not that their fates are attached. Stanley Johnson could be a bust and Stan Van Gundy will be fine. He's not going to lose his job. But perception of Stan Van Gundy is tied to Stanley Johnson because he drafted him. If the Pistons just trade very low on on Stanley Johnson, that would reflect on Van Gundy in a negative way. And he probably does not want that. Who wants to be viewed negatively? Uh, So you wonder if that creeps in at all consciously or subconsciously. 
the other thing we know, we know how much Van Gundy at one point valued Stanley Johnson. He passed over Justice Winslow, which raised a lot of eyebrows, including from myself. He passed over Devin Booker, which raised fewer eyebrows at the time, but in hindsight was a mistake. And so whatever attracted Van Gundy to Stanley Johnson, I'm sure not all of that has changed. It's not like that all disappears. So there, there's this natural state of equilibrium across the NBA where all these people running teams, they acquire players they like, and it tends to work out that players go to teams where the person in charge likes them more than anybody else. Like That's how free agency often works. So whichever team offers the most money, and the team that offers the most money is the team that likes that player the most. Now, sometimes team circumstances change. Sometimes uh, perceptions of players change. But there's a reason there aren't more trades. It's because we've already gotten to this point where players are sort of pushed towards the teams that like them the most. If all of a sudden you gave all 30 general managers a random different job, there'd be a ton of trades. They would seek out players who, who they have on their current team. In a, in a lot of situations, there would just be so much more movement. But because of the situation, because we've had years of people running teams and crafting the roster toward their liking, there aren't going to be many trades. And I think there's a very good chance that the Pistons value Stanley Johnson more than any team in the NBA. Rightly or wrongly. But I think there's a very good chance that the Pistons do. So that would point against a trade. So we'll keep an eye on it. But right now... Uh, this report from Vincent Goodwell, CSN Chicago, saying, no, Pistons are really not interested in Stanley Johnson trades. I hope that has something to do with the offers they're getting, not a blanket stance that they need to keep Stanley Johnson. Uh, but I am a little leery of that, and either way, doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, yesterday, I was really glad that I, I could play this a clip from the Dunk Don podcast from Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue looking into the Pistons. Uh, we have another clip today. I always like to get these outside perspectives on the team. I think it's always very helpful. Uh, this is from David Locke and Kevin Pelton on the Locked on NBA podcast, another national podcast that I highly recommend when you're looking for a national perspective. I think it's an excellent podcast, a lot of fun to listen to. And This is David Locke and Kevin Pelton talking about the Pistons. And uh, David Locke is alluding to a stat he created, PAAC, points above average created, uh, and that's what he's talking about with Ish Smith. Basically, the stat is how many more points per scoring opportunity a player creates than average uh, and how that colors his perception of Ish Smith. The other team I'm waiting to do this is Detroit. Now, Reggie Jackson hasn't been very good, but Ish Smith comes out just terribly statistically to me. So the fact that they're 13 and 13 and have had to play Ish Smith 30 minutes a night or whatever crazy number it is, probably exaggerating slightly there, 28.3. Uh, I feel like they should be on the verge of somewhat of an explosion once Reggie, if Reggie Jackson gets back to normal. Yeah, and they've also played a difficult schedule, had you know more road games than home games, I think, with, with Jackson out. So for them to survive and still be in the mix was very impressive. It's going to be an interesting race for kind of third through fifth in the East if we assume Toronto now is definitively locked into that top two, which we probably should, barring injury. So, you know, Boston is the team that we all expected to finish second or at worst third, but they've started slowly, haven't been able to deal particularly well with the injuries they've had. I think they're going to be okay ultimately, but, you know, 
know, there may be a 48 win team. Can Detroit get there? Can Chicago get there? Someone in Charlotte, maybe that's, that's become a more interesting race than I expected. Well, this is a lot more optimistic than Nate and Danny were on the segment we played yesterday. If you didn't hear that, go back and listen to that. Uh, but, but Nate and Danny, uh, basically like everybody else was, were pretty disappointed with what Reggie Jackson brings. So has brought so far since he's returned from injury, he's been pretty bad. And for Nate and Danny, it was more of a matter of if Reggie Jackson will get back to where he was last year. I think it's closer to when. That was definitely the tone that David Locke took. Kevin Pelton made a good point about the schedule being tough, the Pistons withstanding that. Uh, so I'm much more in line with them that if you're looking for a team that's about to surge in the standings, that has everything geared up to have a better record going forward than it's had so far, yeah, I'm looking at the Pistons. Their point difference has been good. Their schedule has been tough and is going to get easier. And Reggie Jackson's only getting healthier. I think he's going to be back on track. And tonight would be a good time to see Reggie Jackson back on track. The Pistons play the Mavericks, who are tied for the worst record in the league. Should be a win for Detroit. Then again, the Pistons just lost at home to the team that is also tied for the worst record in the league. That's the 76ers. If the Pistons have that type of effort, they'll lose to anybody. That won't work against anybody in the league, clearly, because it didn't work against Philadelphia I don't think that'll happen. I think there's a level of embarrassment whenever that happens, uh, where the Pistons are much more likely to be focused and looking to take out their frustrations on Dallas. The Mavericks have been really bad. Dirk Nowitzki's been hurt. This This roster didn't look great before the season, aging a lot of ways. Some unproven young players after years of bad drafting and trading draft picks to win now has caught up to Dallas. Uh, They're worse offensively than defensively. The Pistons have a very good defense this year. Should be no problem. They should force the Mavericks into into a lot of tough shots and then grab the rebounds. The Pistons should. Uh, So that should go smoothly, smoothly, barring anything. The Mavericks, one thing they are good at, though, is forcing turnovers. They'll take some risks. Uh, They'll be aggressive with it. So this is where Reggie Jackson could come in. As I noted yesterday, even though he's not playing well individually, the team is playing better with him on the floor. He brings a level of stability and chemistry. A lot of that has come defensively, uh, but it has shown up offensively too. And that could be helpful to keeping turnovers down. If the Pistons don't turn the ball over, I don't really see how they lose this game other than a stunning lack of effort two games in a row. That'd be a big warning sign. That'd be a big red flag. Be real troubling uh, to do that again. It happens once. happens every once in a while. Uh, But to have a couple days off, and then do it right after embarrassing yourself, that'd be hard for me to believe it'll happen. Uh, and so if the Pistons play a nice steady game and don't let it get too hectic, I think that plays into Detroit's favor. I think the Pistons win it, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll be back tomorrow to, to look back on that game. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17.